This is Inspiring Nurseries podcast for nursery managers and owners and all those inspiring to be leaders in the early years sector. We are one of the only UK-based early years specialist podcasts bringing you trusted consultants, trainers and leaders in the so industry. So join me, Kate, co-founder of Hello Mums. And me, Marnie, founder of Sporty Minis. And make sure you subscribe because we know you're a busy professional and we also know that you will not want to miss this show. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and would love a review on iTunes. Hello and welcome to today's Inspiring Nursery podcast. This is Kate from Hello Mums with my co-host Marnie from Sporty Minis. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, good evening, Sue. Sue Atkins is our parenting expert for today. And we will be chatting about various topics related to lockdown, parents, children, schools, nurseries, and who knows what else. How are you ladies? Good evening. Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. How is everyone else? Hello, hello. We're all good here. Thank you, Sue. Thank you so much for joining us. Excited about tonight. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> yes, we will try to keep it professional, even though Marnie has a two and a half year old and I have a four year old and mine is going back to nursery in two weeks time. And I'm like, how is this going to work out? And Marnie has become the number one person in the household for... I have a, yes, a, a very clingy little girl that I'm desperate to have answers for about sending her back to nursery and how it's going to go. It's all very nerve-wracking from a parent's perspective, let alone a child's perspective. Yes, and I think they take their lead from you, so you need oh. to sort your head out first, if you don't mind me saying. No, not they, at all. They pick up the vibes, they don't understand yeah. necessarily. Uh, but if you're anxious, then they're going to be anxious. If you're pretty positive and you're authentic about it, there's no point in just saying sort of, oh, oh, it'll be fine, and you're really panicking <laughs> underneath. So, yeah, get clear about that. Get get confident about that. Then you can pass that confidence onto her. So, Sue, you have been uh, a parenting expert for quite some time, as far as I understand. You started up as a teacher and then things sort of changed. You said that you published your first book 13 years ago, am I right? 2007, did you say? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was a teacher and a deputy head teacher, um, and I was teaching for over 22 years. And my father died, followed very quickly by my mother within the same year, all around my birthday. And uh, I'm an only child, and so I found that quite a humongous um, difficulty. It was like a tsunami of emotions and my friend got uh, lymphatic cancer. You know how life sometimes just gives you a lot of difficulties. Now I'm very resilient, I'm very positive naturally, I always see the glass as half full, but I did find that a challenge and I remember walking my dogs one day, I've got three dogs, and we were walking across the fields and I was sort of pondering and thinking about my parents and what, what they were, you know, what they'd given me and I thought they'd given me uh, the gift of confidence, the gift of self-esteem. Hopefully not an arrogance, but they, they instilled in me that I could have a go if I wanted to. I could be a can-do person. And that's, I think, what led to then uh, all the different things that happened. So I was teaching for a long time. I got very interested in the personal, social and uh, well-being of children. And I went off and trained with someone called Jenny Molesley around circle time. And then I went off and trained again in something called NLP. And um, I just found it was sort of a natural path. 
and I got into self-development. I'm trained as a hypnotherapist and an NLP master practitioner and trainer. And um, then I decided that I was going to leave teaching after my parents both passed away in the July. I took some time out, uh, I left teaching and I replenished my energy. I um, retrained, I regrouped, I rethought, I became sort of, you know, reflective, all those big things, big life change, I suppose, as well. And a bit of a midlife crisis all thrown in, I dare say. And um, I found that uh, I just loved the idea of then, ah, walking the dogs one day, I thought, ah, what did, the gift they gave me was self-esteem. Ah, I've been working with the children for 22 years. I need to work with the parents because they're the ones that give the children the self-esteem right at the beginning. So that's what I did. And then funny, the universe is really weird. I'd only then started up this, this kind of, you know, this business that I thought I wanted to do to help parents and do all sorts of things. And uh, I was invited to write my first book, which was called... Um, Raising um, raising Happy Children for Dummies, one well, in the very famous Black and Yellow series. And it was kind of funny, really, because we, we met up in London. I'd never written a book before. And uh, we met up. It was almost like Platform 8 with Harry Potter. I bought <laughs> NLP for Dummies as my book under my arms. You know, and she turned up and didn't she have NLP for Dummies? And in my head, I went, it's a sign. So we sat there, chatted about it, and she, her language changed from, so if you write this book, to, so when you write this book, because I'm interested in the language around how we raise children, I noticed the change in the language and I thought, oh, oh I think I'm going to write a book. So off I went and wrote a book for, you know, six to eight months. And then that was published in 2007. And then again, I was invited in 2012 by Random House Penguin to write um, Parenting Made Easy, How to Raise Happy Children. So it, it's it's a process, it, it evolves, but my passion is parenting. I don't know why, but I just love the idea of helping families raise happy, confident, resilient children. And man, do they need help at the moment. I think we all do. Do you think that this is probably the most challenging time for any parent since probably um, 1950? Oh my goodness, before that, in a generation. This is the most challenging time in a generation because it's an invisible enemy, isn't it? Um, nobody knows who it will strike. And I have been quite distressed to discover two of my friends have had it. My friend's a teacher. She teaches year two. And uh, I knew she wasn't well. I kept an eye on her and kept texting and, you know, all that. And she wasn't getting any better. And she, she thought it was pneumonia. And then eventually the doctor said, no, you've got COVID-19 and she's still breathless. It's been seven or eight weeks since she had it. And then another friend of mine, I met her on a Thursday. Um, we, we meet each other every three months or so. And uh, we've met up for, uh, for lunch. And then she texts me on the Sunday after meeting her, hugging her and chatting to her on Thursday to say that she's got it because her, her partner is a nurse. And she has been told, unfortunately, she'll never swim sort of again, really, because it's damaged some parts of her lungs. So it's yeah. scary because it, these yeah. are healthy people. These are not old people because originally we all thought it was old people, didn't we? So it's a, it's a, it's a sad thing because also another person I had as a guest on my um, podcast, I knew not terribly well, but knew him because he was so you know, inspirational. He was trying to have a, a children's minister in, in government, no matter what government it was, that you know children were at the centre and should have an actual cabinet minister representing families and children was a person called Steve Franks. And he was CEO of Water Babies. 
And I was really distressed to discover he had died. Um, yes. So without scaremongering, but without sort of also trying to find balance within this, we have to take this seriously. And I do think that it's a challenging time for families indeed and for parents. And, you know, single mums or single dads locked into a flat with two children or children with additional needs or families in small homes without gardens and, you know, trying to work, trying to juggle everything. It is really quite a challenge. But I, I do hope that good things come from it because I can see it already. Families are enjoying being together, some of them, you know, playing games, eating together. And I think we've realised what is important to us. You know, chasing, what have we been chasing all these years when really it was right in front of our noses. It's, it's relationships that are important. Nice. And um, I just had a quick look. You have got quite a few podcast topics out recently um, with regards to coronavirus. Um, do you want to tell us about the last ones that you've got on there? Yes. Well, I mean, as you know, I do a regular podcast. It gets released every Tuesday at 11.30 and I invite guests from around the world, um, you know, in conversation with me because I'm interested in different aspects, brain development, um, you know, teenage brains, uh, play the importance of having aspirations you, you name it I've done about 80 different podcast interviews with experts from around the world and recently of course the focus has been on coronavirus and I do Facebook lives on Mondays at 11 and I do Instagram uh, lives on Wednesdays at 11 at the moment because people send me in questions around all sorts of stuff and one of the key ones that seem to come up is that some children have regressed and it's perfectly normal, isn't it? Anxiety that they are wetting the bed now and they had been dry or they're sucking their thumb or they've become more clingy because, of course, they're picking up on, you know, our energy and our anxiety and our stress. And, of course, they're not able to understand it sometimes if they're very young, but they certainly feel uncomfortable. If you've got the news on all the time as well, that can make it quite a nasty loop. So, yes, my podcasts mm. have focused on some of that, as well as all the other things, but it is colouring everything, and I would be naive not to be talking about it and trying to help families who are finding homeschooling and juggling and all the rest of it quite stressful and tiring. Mm. I'm going to get a little bit specific with our, um, our audience now and, and probably a little bit about me as well. <laughs> um, for those children, particularly um, parents who have under fives, what do you see the biggest challenges are at the moment? It's about um, time, isn't it? Um, I have mums that are trying to work and they have young children and their concentration span is, is, is not as developed perhaps as older children. Um, and it's also about some families worry about social skills that the young children are not developing socially because they're not playing with each other and we know that of course in nurseries that's the whole wonderful joy it's not just the learning it's the playing the talking the listening the sharing the imaginative play and the social interactions that they're learning but when I was answering some of those questions I felt that really this is a snapshot in your child's life this is only a very very small part it feels a big part it feels long it feels drawn out I understand that but if you take the bigger picture I've got a, an mp3 about the goals to your parenting the kind of the bigger picture to your parenting takes you out of the small stuff into the big picture it won't be 
damaging, really, because if you're playing with your child, talking to your child, cooking, baking, singing, pouring, whatever you're doing, I was sort of ING activities, their, their, their language and their social interaction is being enhanced by playing with you or playing with their brothers and sisters or playing with their dad. So I wouldn't worry unduly about some of those things that, um, you know, families are, are worried about the social skills of things. But also children are picking up as, a, you know, you don't want them to be traumatized by this experience. You're building memories that last a lifetime with them. So make sure that these memories of this time, which will be only a small snapshot in the bigger picture of their lives, is quite a happy one. But, you know, I'll look back and I'll, I'll smile with my own kids. My son is home with his girlfriend because he's 27 <laughs> and um, <laughs> I will look back and smile because we take it in turns to cook I, I really find him very good company uh, we I bought a bull set so we go out in the garden and I won it I was the champion for the first week and then I lost it to him he won it but um, all these sort of activities uh, building memories of eating together laughing together we do quizzes together because my daughter is in lockdown in, in Clapham, so she's not with us, and she misses us, and sometimes she finds that a bit tough. Um, so anyway, I'm rambling about some of the questions people ask me, but make sure you look after yourself first. Me time is actually really important for mums and busy mums, because if you're in a good place, your children will be in a good place. A bit like when the oxygen mask comes down over your face if you were in an, you know, an aeroplane, if we ever travel again uh, but you look after <laughs> your little ones because you've looked after yourself first same principle mums are terrible in my experience and I was when I was a younger mum too very you know felt guilty if I put my needs first but actually having a bath with scented candles getting out for a run or reading a book or whatever you do to relax for me time big glass of wine yeah well sure uh, is important for you to relax so that you come back replenished, ready to go again the next day. Because it is tough raising young children. Oh, Sue, that was awesome. I can't wait to actually listen to that back. And I think I'll um, maybe forward that on to some of my parents that are in my child's nursery that is always on WhatsApp every day with a, why is my child behind me naked while I'm on a Zoom meeting? You know, like, <laughs> I feel really sorry for quite a lot of working parents out there. Um, okay, so... You have just launched a new um, can-do kids journal, Discover Your Confidence Superpower for Children. Yes. Sounds super exciting. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, yes. I mean, I developed a load of um, activities. When I do my Confident Classes for Kids workshops and when I work with families here in my practice, and a lot of them are fun and daft and silly and all that, and not many people have heard of them. So I put them into a journal um, because I thought, well, I, I can't reach all the families. Also, I would love it to be in nurseries and schools because people can use the, the journal. Some of the ideas underpinning it all is, is self-esteem and confidence and then therefore resilience. So what better time than lockdown actually to be working on building your child's confidence and resiliency so that when whatever happens whenever they go back to school or nursery or whatever else we go through in in our lives because it's constant changing isn't it that they have those skills that they'll remember some of my 
exercises about the red arrows flying over your head and the toothbrush technique and all the other things that I write about in the journal. So yeah, my passion underneath all of it, and I'm really pleased with it because it's been redesigned and revamped and redone and it's a lovely chunky book and kids can dip in and out of it. They can do it with mum and dad or grandma or they can just do it themselves. And I had a lovely um, reference or um, testimonial from a lovely lady in Scotland called Marussia. Uh, Devlin and her daughter had it was Sheen and she just she found her in a corner one day she just found it again and was busy doing some of the activities she enjoyed doing it so that's made it worthwhile for me it's it's great to have it in the hands of children and I want classes to have it so that children build up their confidence and have a can-do attitude to life Love which where they definitely need because I think and correct me if I'm wrong but in terms of building confidence one of the biggest things as a parent that we need to do and especially mums we need to let go we need to give independence and confidence to that child but at the moment they are with us all the time and again you know when when a baby's born they get we get really really attached to them and it's difficult for us to let go and i think the the, the parents we as parents go through the same motion at the moment with what is about to happen so they say yeah. you know there is a transition now so yeah. what can what can nurseries do you know with uh, using your your uh new product or new service and new book or just simply if they are they know that their parents are going to be terrified of not, not just because of COVID, but in general, you know, mm. they don't have the confidence in themselves and they certainly can't let go of their children. But that's not healthy, is it? Um, mm. You have to find a balance. The world is, it is a dangerous place. No matter whether we've got this disease or we've got gun crime or, you know, uh, a tree could fall on your head, not being facetious. The world is a dangerous sort of place, but the best gift we can give a child is learn how to cope. So if you empower your child to be a, um, a problem solver, to be a critical thinker, to take responsibility, if you ask your small child as, you, as they grow, asking them open-ended questions, what do you think we should do then? Instead of always giving them the answer, then they learn to trust themselves and therefore they are then empowered when they hit different circumstances to know that, oh, I, perhaps I can work this out for myself. So again, the biggest thing is that you need to be confident and you, you just ooze that confidence and you give it to your children and you empower them with it so that when they do go back to nursery or they do go back to school, you've, that's why you've got to be sure that you're okay with it. Uh, personally, if you're not happy with it, then try your best to keep your kids at home if that's what you want until September don't rush into something that you will you know regret because your body language your tone of voice your attitude your mood you won't be able to pass on that confidence because you won't be what I call authentic and children really are very intuitive they pick up on your mood and they pick up on everything without you even saying anything and if I am a nursery manager and I'm still facing with parents who need to go back to work but they are not quite ready and how can I encourage parents and how can I help the children? How can I empower them as a nursery manager that your child will be fine? What are the things that I can tell parents in advance? What well, you make they sure. prepare for? Yeah, well, you make sure your checklist of what makes your nursery a very safe place 
and a very great place for learning and social skills. And you make sure that you're very happy with that. There was a head teacher that wrote an open letter to the, um, the parents, and he was very, very honest about the, you know, all the, the difficulties, but all the things that he was putting in place to make sure the return to school will be a positive one, a good one. And he said, I'm very cautious and I guarantee that I will do this and I will do that. So those are the practical things. It's not just, oh, it'll be fine. I think you have to be specific. And, you know, you'll be doing a great job. You're probably losing sleep over how to make everything work. So, you know, that will come across your sincerity and your, your determination to make sure that when the children return to you uh, in bigger numbers, that they will be safe. There'll be social distancing or there'll be ways of washing their hands. There will be different routines. But as long as you are confident in the routines and you're very specific in them, Children will, again, just think, oh, they're very adaptable, aren't they, kids? They just are very flexible. They just think from each other. Not easy, if I'm very honest, in a nursery, because I taught reception. I, I taught 35 four-year-olds for a couple of years. So it's not easy, because you know what it's like when they go to the loo to wash their hands before lunch? You have to go in and check those boys in particular now and make sure they have washed their hands, because sometimes they would sort of say, yes, I've done it, and it's not really done thoroughly. So... There will be challenges, but obviously you will make sure that the environment is one where parents then can relax because they know that you have their best interest at heart. Yeah, and we've asked um, a few of our guests recently what they think uh, the impact on the earlier sector is going to be. So from your um, experience in education and now um, parenting expert, what do you think the earlier sector is going to look like going forward? Well, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because I know that if children were starting school, there was supposed to be baseline testing. So I do hope that that's not going to happen because the most important thing that needs to happen is that children come back and they're not traumatised from this whole experience of lockdown. And so it will be lots of nurturing slowly into whatever the routines are going to be. People are very mindful. Play is going to be a massively important Part because I actually feel some of the good from this I call it the reset button on life completely because instead of you know we've been obsessed with data handling obsessed with league tables in education perhaps we can come back now to listening to the early years practitioners how important play is and how important play will be for children to heal and to play out their experiences with people that love them care for them and are professionally around them to make sure that that play will be a, a good healing space for the kids when they return. Yes, I completely agree with that. And it's so funny because we had a podcast with Alison Fadaby, who is our resident oh, early, yeah. early year specialist. And we were just talking about that, you know, it's, it's one thing that there was Ofsted who used to do inspections. I say used to because they're currently not doing it and they will not yeah. do it for the time being. And obviously they have changed the requirements around the curriculum and the oh, seven areas of learning. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, the, it, everything is back to sort of a basic level. And I think, I think a lot of practitioners are really looking forward to this time that they can go back to the nursery and they can actually just play and have fun yes. with the children. Yes. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? So, you know, despite it being a very challenging time, 
let's hope we get back to real basics around what's important. What are our values in education? What are our family values? What matters and really what doesn't? So we don't waste time sweating the small stuff. Yeah, it's really nice to hear quite a lot of um, what we call early years experts on the same page. Because when I spoke to Aaron Bradley this morning from Early Years Reviews, mm -hmm. he's coming on to, um, to our podcast to talk about um, child-centred child approach um, to nurturing and, and what that's going to look like in the setting. So it's, it's really nice to see that, um, you know, a lot of our experts are on the same page um, yeah. in this approach. Oh, I think so. Yes, it is really nice. The only people we've got to convince, though, are the politicians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, who knows? Maybe we'll have an even better early years sector and curriculum after all this. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So where do we need to signpost our listeners to, Sue? Because... Like I said earlier on, you um, are very active on quite a lot of platforms. My favorite platform of yours is LinkedIn, um, but you're always sharing quite a lot of content and you're a jack of all trades. So, so where can our listeners find out more about you and what's going on? Well, I mean, my website is thesueatkins.com. I have a parenting club. And if people join uh, that, there's a community there. But there's webinars on there that I do every month. There's about 600 quick win videos from babies to toddlers right the way up to teenagers. 600? Yeah, but they're quick wins. They're just sort of one or two minute videos that I, I you know, yeah. I record a whole series of them. I do them every Monday and I just do a batch of them because I get interested in one subject. So over the, the months and years of doing it, you build up, you know, lots of resources. And parents like to listen. If they like to listen to me, they can listen to my podcast every week. Um, I do um, a free one on a, on a Tuesday. And then if they want to listen to the Ask the Expert, they have to be a member of my club. Uh, and as I say, I've got about 80 different experts around the globe in all sorts of areas of expertise around raising children from babies right up to teenagers and beyond. And so there's e-courses and masterclasses. But, yeah, you can join me on Twitter, which is Sue Atkins. You can join me on Instagram, which is Sue Atkins 18, because that's my birthday number. You can come on LinkedIn <laughs> and see me as Sue Atkins. You know, look, I'm everywhere. The Facebook uh, page is Sue Atkins, the Parenting Expert. And I've got a new group. Since we've had lockdown, I've got a group called Don't Stew, Ask Sue Atkins, because, as you know, I'm the Disney Parenting Expert, and we're starting... Uh, excitedly on the 26th of May we're returning because uh, normally I got to Hammersmith to Disney and um, record it live up there but obviously we're not doing that now so we're going to be doing weekly Facebook lives for parents on the Disney Junior parenting page so keep an eye out all around social media for me and you can join us on that platform where you can ask me lots of questions that's the whole point really I'm here to be a bit of an agony aunt in this time of trouble or just generally speaking and if I don't know I will signpost you to someone who does. I love it. You have to be one of our most famous uh, podcast guests so far, <laughs> Sue. Famous <laughs> in your own lifetime. How about that? <laughs> so can I ask you, from a parenting expert viewpoint and from all the questions you have had since the beginning of the lockdown, so eight weeks now, which yeah. age group seems to be the most challenging for parents or parents with which age group children seem to have the biggest amount of struggles and difficulties it's not that simple um young parents uh with young children they're exhausted 
because they're constantly trying to entertain and be a Butlin's red coat and then they're trying to be Mary Poppins and then they're trying to be an, you know, a fantastic teacher. They just need to focus on being a fantastic mum or dad. Then you've got uh, children who get bored, of course. Then you've got children who have additional needs. And then you've got lockdown with teenagers who want to be independent. They're, I mean, toddlers and teenagers are pretty similar. The teenagers just taller. But the actual underpinning, <laughs> what's underpinning that age range is independent. <laughs> isn't it? You know, the, the toddler who has the tantrum because she won't, you won't let her do up her seatbelt or something when you used to be able to go out in the car. Um, and the teenager, quite seriously, they are uh, sort of addicted to social media and addicted to their technology. But on the other hand, they're striving to get away from their parents, really. That's what they're supposed to be doing, growing and changing and getting away. And yet they're locked down. So there's quite complications mm. around that. And one of the simplest things I said to somebody when I was chatting to them is how about pushing the bed in the, in the guest room? You're not, you haven't got any guests at the moment. Push the bed to one side up against the wall or something. Create a den so that your teenager goes in there and has his sort of space away from the family if they want it. Because that's what they crave, a bit of independence and stuff. But you have to watch the technology. You have to be a media mentor to your children no matter what age but particularly in the teenage years so they're suffering there's a lot of you know difficulty so to answer your question I don't think any age range in particular and again it's about the mental health and you know it's mental health week this week it's yes. about the mental health of the parents that I'm also interested in as well as the mental health of the children so it's looking at ways to get balance to get release to get rid of worry and anxiety have exercise have fun as well as to balance all, all the juggling that has to go on around a bit of schoolwork as well. So in answer to your question, there isn't really one particular age range that's suffering more than others. There's lots of people struggling, but there's lots of people, um, you know, thriving and blossoming too. So it's a balance. And I think actually you can have a good day and then you can have a really bad day. And I think it's okay to be like that and to realise that, you know, some days you struggle with homework or schoolwork or whatever you're trying to do. And other days you think, oh, that was, you know, that was fantastic. We nailed that this week. Um, it's just up and down. And I think you need to be comfortable with the fact that it can't always be perfect. Mm. I completely yeah. agree. I have a friend of mine who always says that just imagine how many billions of people there are on the planet. It cannot always be your day. Yeah. You just can't. And it's not realistic, is it, to think that you're going to have a... I mean, I, I, there's a poster that goes around on social media. It says something, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Just be a real one. That was my saying. If, you, if I look it up, I'm amazed by how many people have used it and made sort of posters of it. But that's true. And you have to cut yourself some slack. And that's what I really believe. Because we are all doing our best. And all of us uh, try our best each day. Some days are better than others. And no one has done this before. I remember my dad actually just popped into my head. I remember, I don't know how old I was, and I asked him something. And he turned to me and said, but Sue, I've never done this before. I don't know. And I thought my dad knew everything. So it was obviously before I was a teenager. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he said, I haven't raised a child before. I don't know the answer to that. So cut yourself some slack, particularly uh, around feeling guilty and overwhelmed, you know. Just say, well, tomorrow's another day and I'll try again tomorrow. But having an attitude of gratitude really can help. Being grateful for the small things that you have, the small wins that you have as well. And setting, you know, yourself a target perhaps 
a very small one each day just gives a small bit of structure to your own day and yeah just look after your own self really as well as the family mm, i love that it's good well, thank you. This was really uplifting. I was not sure how to prepare for it. I thought that oh, it might be very tricky because we might bump into some difficulties about parenting, but it was all just amazingly positive and uplifting. <laughs> and, and really, I think you have managed to encourage us already to be more confident as parents than we have been. Oh, gosh. Well, then my job here is done, isn't it? If I can encourage you, I can pat you on the back. I think you all deserve to take a bow or a curtsy because parents are doing a magnificent job. They really are. And they don't need people to judge them or criticise them. They just need a pat on the back. And I'm here to pat people on the back, genuinely, and, and give them a helping hand. I'm not here to point a finger. I'm here to reach out and give you a helping hand. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to listen to this back. I'm definitely going to take the pat on the back. Thank you, Sue. It's been such a, <laughs> it's been such a privilege to have you. Super grateful. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. It's been really, really lovely and lovely to meet you both. And maybe one day we'll meet up and have a cup of coffee in real life. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Can I come amazing? To the, yeah. Can I come to the Disney studios? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and we will bring our children as well, just in case. Oh, no, no, you're not allowed enough. to do that. <laughs> 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 Who knows? But actually, I'm looking forward to, it, to returning with the Disney stuff because we've been quite quiet and I, I was a bit frustrated because I think, you know, it, people want some answers and they want a bit of help. So I'm glad that we're going to be returning in our different guise because people don't mind that it's on Zoom. The world and his mother is Nobody on Zoom. Minds. And it works. And even if someone does walk past, you know, like the other day I was doing something and my son went to the fridge and I went, oh, right, okay. And he, I, did, I just ignored him, you know, like he carried on and he's getting something out of the fridge and you just kind of get on with it. So it's kind of taking down all that mystique, isn't it, and keeping it real, which I think is great. And you, you young ladies are doing a wonderful job. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I need a, I need a celebrity picture. Ready? Smile. <laughs> Well, thank you Sue for joining us for this Inspiring Nurseries podcast I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we have and I very much hope that soon you will listen to another one of our podcasts which will be coming out in the coming days thank you everyone and have a lovely evening thank you thanks for having me stay well stay safe thanks so much Sue My see pleasure. you later bye bye take bye. care bye